This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Uh, with that, uh, I told you, we've been talking for 50 minutes. We can keep talking for another hour at least. <laughs> so, all right, let's move to our lightning round, uh, which is presented by Data.World, the data catalog for your successful cloud migration. And I'm going to kick it off. Question number one. Is the rise of the analytics engineer helping the goal of good data modeling, or is it actually kind of harming it? Whew. What a question. <laughs> Honest, no BS. I'm, I'm going to say this. Oh, yeah, it? okay. Is that Leah fine? Go both. ahead. Leah says both. Leah says both. It's like, it's great that it's more accessible. And I think over time that, you know, will sort of standardize and create best practices and all of that. But but right now, I think it's a bit of a mess. But yeah, I think that's like, I was going to say yes, because even though right now it's a bit of a mess, it's curving, like it is shedding light on the problem. And that takes us in the direction where we can actually solve it. So even though like the ultimately right now might be a no, it is at least bringing attention to this problem. And I have a big issue with this being an overlooked problem. So, mm. but yeah, yeah I, think I like that perspective. It's like, uh, we're shedding light on it. And, and as part of that, maybe it has to get a little worse before it gets better. Exactly. Um, interesting. So second question, can technology eventually, so pretty open-ended here, can technology eventually solve the data culture problem? Well, we're kind of banking on it right now, but um, <laughs> other, like if we weren't work, I think technology needs to improve in order to like solve this problem. But our work has always been about thinking beyond that. So even with our product, like it's not just going to be the product that solves the problem. It's going to be everybody that works on our team and touches the product, you know. So I kind of want to say no, but <laughs> go ahead, Lee. Yeah, I think uh, if technology can be really focused on helping people achieve like really specific things, like uh, this is like a human problem that we're tackling, which is like why it's so tricky. Um, and so the idea is just to like make that process better and make it more efficient. But you still need the minds to like really think about how they want to measure things. Uh, so I don't know. I'm being I'm saying yes and no to to all of these things, but. <laughs> Great, great right. response. I, it's, it's, I don't know that there's a good answer to that, right? It's a, it's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Next question. So will we get to the point in the next, let's say, five, ten years, where the business users, the analytics end users, they become the people who actually build the data modeling in that semantic layer? Yes, 100%. I believe that. I think that whether the business user is a data analyst and someone with, like, some data experience... I think like the modern data stack is moving to a place that anyone could set it up. I think it's already going like close to that direction. That's not to say engineers won't exist. It's just, can you set up a full data infrastructure without requiring like extensive knowledge on any given technology? I really hope so. Yeah. I'm with you. I hope so. Now, will we get there? Yeah. But no. Yeah, we, anything we, there? we better damn get there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we better. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yes, I think these things, they move closer to the business. That was, uh, that's sort of been, that's how data engineering has gone. I think that's how analytics engineering will go as well. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, it sounds like the flip side of that question is, is data engineering going away? And the answer would be no, it's not going away. Um, all right. Last question here. Um, 
uh, we talked about the semantic layer towards the end of our conversation today. Uh, and y'all are kind of, I think, in this space, or at least dancing around it. Uh, is business intelligence, is BI the killer app of the semantic layer? The killer app, meaning the, the thing that kills it or the thing that's killer? The thing yeah. that's killing. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited to see how BI um, uh, starts integrating with the semantic layer. I think like uh, what we talk about a lot is like Tableau was like built for a totally different data infrastructure. And most BI tools are about manipulating columns and rows. And I think a new generation of really interesting tools will be built on the semantic layer or the semantic layer won't work for the reason that it's not compatible enough with BI. Mm. Gavin, yeah, I think that, there? yeah, like I spent so much of my career talking about data visualization and different ways that you can build a chart that will solve a problem, you know, and I think like a lot of the work that has led Lee and I to this moment of prequel has come from dissatisfaction on the BI side. And we didn't want to go out there and like start, you know, building in the next looker. We felt like that wasn't the right way to start tackling the problem. Semantic layer is the first step. And I'm under the belief that like a new type of BI solution will come about and it will, the semantic layer plus that is going to solve the problem versus being killed by uh, a crappy BI tool, which is any, yeah, BI tools are very limited. So yeah, hopefully I, I we can go BR. I love the way you're thinking about this. And, uh, you know, I, I implemented Looker at my previous job and I've always been like very fascinated and also slightly terrified of the LookML layer and been like, wow, like this whole semantic layer is great. Like, I mean, they really pioneered it, but then I was like, man, you gotta like learn this whole new language and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, I love, I love where this is all going and, and certainly think that, you know, the world of BI is going to change here. And I'm excited that y'all are, are trying to help it change. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. This is uh, my freaking PhD over a decade ago was exactly on building these semantic layers. I better freaking work. Otherwise, <laughs> I kind of wasted my part of a big chunk of my career. But, uh, so, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, no, we're totally aligned on the business needs to be involved and let's get the semantics, the knowledge in here. Uh, I really appreciate this conversation. And with that, T, 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 Tim, take us away with takeaways. You go first. All man. right. So this has been an amazing conversation. Time truly flies. Um, we started off by kind of saying that there's this huge job to translate for the company if you have knowledge about the data as well as like, how, you know, the problems that need to be solved and connecting that all together. It's, and it, that it's a really huge job. Uh, and that at WeWork, y'all had the opportunity to try to bridge that gap uh, in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, and one of the foremost things was really developing this curriculum and this training approach to being able to, to try to, to solve that gap. Um, you know, onboarding uh, people, helping train them on data tools, on data culture. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, it, it was so successful at, at WeWork that you really took that methodology, that curriculum to other companies. Um, and this is like all around this whole data culture process, right? You have to learn modern tooling, implement a, a, a modern approach to data, um, you know, find and create ambassadors in the business, uh, people that you can really leverage as your, your, you know, centers of knowledge, your reference, um, really evangelize, get the word out, bring in people from across the business, um, try to iterate quickly, build something in a few days, 
uh, let people who don't normally have the opportunity to be so creative get to be creative with data. So I think there's a ton of really good thoughts around and approaches around how to build that data culture and bridge that gap uh, between the business as well as the data folks. Um, but um, I think interestingly, you talked also a little bit about the challenges of implementing that at various companies. Like, for example, um, you thought that in-person training was going to be very important. And unfortunately, the pandemic happened. It's like, well, it's going to be remote first. Right. Um, and uh, also companies kind of falling into this trap of being infatuated with the engineering piece and not as much the culture piece. Um, and so it's like, well, how about we just have the data engineering and we don't really need the data culture piece. And it's like, well, uh, you know, our company is named after it. So um, like, hey, how about we just include it in some of these other packages? So I thought it was interesting to, to hear about some of the story there. Um, and ultimately, you know, as you went through this journey more from the, the services and consulting side, it kind of led to prequel, which I think uh, Juan will go into here in a second. So Juan, I'll pass it to you. What, are, what were your takeaways? Yeah, so a couple here. Um, what can the data team do to impact the data culture, right? And I think uh, you talked about being able to get the people together and produce problem statements. I really like this. Go workshop problem statements because it, it's sometimes you think it's kind of so obvious, but let's get people together saying, is this truly the problem that we're trying to go solve? Are you able to go write it down? I really like that. Um, people that really want to go solve that problem, go identify those. Who are the people who have that spark? You want to go empower them. Who are those people who are who are repeat customers of data? Those are the folks that you want to be able to go bring them in so they can impact that data culture. Uh, hey, the managers will know, right? The other ones are going to nominate. They're the ones who know who are the people who are taking initiative. We brought up find that shadow IT and empower them. So those are the people you want to be able to go bring in to impact your data culture. We talked about data modeling, how that's the hardest part. And you said data modeling is most one of the most underrated skills in data. It's not taught enough. And, and what are the kind of other skills, right? You have to be creative, but what other skills do we need? People skills, not just the tech skills. Uh, the kind of person who sees a problem asked once and thinks, hey, I think this is a problem that is going to be asked again and again. We should optimize for this, right? So what are those questions that you need to answer today? And you can also figure out what are those questions that could probably be asked tomorrow that you may not know. So how are we going to balance those things? And you didn't, somebody, you, you mentioned about, Hey, if you're doing DBT, you actually have to be really good at doing DBT because otherwise you're going to be generated as big sprawl things. And then kind of closing up to like the tools for the business, which is to kind of close entire circle here is uh, ideal tools for the business is that you don't need consultants to go implement them. Right. And one of the big problems right now is that if you like need to change any type of definition, you need to go have those uh, technical folks who have specialized skill sets to go do that. And you spend so much time on that, on those transforms. So the ideal scenarios, what you guys are envisioning here is a, a, like a no-code semantic layer where the business users really know the domain and they're empowered to go build and manage their own metrics. Um, I think you said something really great. It's on the 45-minute mark. Technical people need to get into the business. That's the advice you would give a thousand times that you said that. Uh, and we really need to be able to go minimize that sprawl. Um, and at the end of the day, business users, they want to be able to consume metrics that they can trust. And they can if they own their own business logic. Um, how did we do for takeaways? Anything we missed? I think you nailed Those it. We're going to address, yeah. All right. Well, we'll throw it back to uh, three questions to both of you. What's your advice about data, about life? Who should we invite next? And uh, what resources do you follow? Um, okay, Gabby, you think about who to invite. Um, I, I got so it. I got voice, it. Okay. Uh, my advice, we also, we teach a lot of young people, um, when we have the opportunity, which is really the, the favorite 
thing that we've been able to do in our careers. But my advice is always just follow your curiosity. These technical skills are ways of being better at whatever you want to do. Um, but it's often, you know, a, a means of, of solving a problem. It's not sort of the goal in and of itself. So any problem that's exciting to you, learn the skills. You'll be motivated to learn the skills that, that you need in order to solve them. Yeah, no, totally echo that and just gives me more ideas of people we should invite. Some of our young scholars uh, who did art data science would be amazing. Like bringing more voices into the space of data science and engineering has been super important to us from the beginning and felt like a responsibility in being a part of this world. Um, So yeah, we have always been telling. And and the fact that data touches everything. So there are so many ways that you can bring your personal passions into the work. And we've also started companies for the purpose of letting people bring them for like their full selves to work and that sort of thing. So even though we're working in data, we're trying to do a little bit more than that and, and make more of an impact. Um, what was the next question? Oh, resources. You think of, okay, cool. I'll give who they should have on and then you think of resources because you're the, the big reader of the two of us. But still. Um, <laughs> the first person I thought of was um, an amazing woman called Reese Berkwit, who leads uh, data strategy at Data Culture. She was previously at Segment, has a really interesting perspective on the problem and works with a lot of our clients. Uh, she works closely with uh, Neil Oliver, who you should also bring on. The two of them are an amazing dream team group. Um, and then there's a young person, Anam Ahmed, who is would be delightful on this podcast. And she is going on to study data science at Barnard College um, and is a Code with Classy alumnus that um, we know very well. Yeah, um, some uh, amazing data viz people. Who should they bring on from that world? You could. So, I, I mean, I always reference Georgia Lupi. I think she's a really interesting kind of person of the time, a little bit different from the two that I brought, just thought of. Um, and the data visualization community, Marisa Asari is also an amazing person from the DataViz community who's, I graduated from Parsons DataViz program, so there's a ton of people from that program. So I can send you lists and lists of DataViz people from there. But if you can get Georgia to come on, she's got a really interesting take on like smaller data sets and day-to-day data. Like she's done a lot of work around like her life in a day and kind of drawing that out. And I think when we talk about BI tools in the future, it's got to be a blend of some of that more innovative artistic data viz um, and, and the stuff that we're seeing come out of Looker, which I think is now being sunset by Google. But anyway, Leah, resources. Uh, resources. I don't actually know how I get the information that I get, but I, I read everything. I guess uh, being in all of the slacks. Wow, yeah. sorry. I realized my the, the day has changed, so now I have no light on my face. Sorry. Um, the DBT Slack, Locally Optimistic, any Slack channel where data people gather. We actually have employees in Austin now, and we've heard that there's like an amazing data community there. So, um, yeah. And I I don't know. Data Twitter is a lot for me, but there is good stuff there. Stay away from data Twitter. It's just, whew. no, I mean, it's interesting, but it's, well. Um, uh, no, but I, the, the point of that is... Um, uh, self, like people just posting things is actually one of the best ways, like not necessarily turning to like a single voice in a book or whatever it is, I think has been really interesting for us. And then those live updates, data culture has its own Slack channel as well. So that's a good place to go. Not that this is a salesy thing. So much information this last couple of minutes. Yeah. On, on I know, I'm seriously typing Oh yeah, you here. can get us going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
We're going to invite I, you back on our podcast next time. So it's just like, love it. Love it. All right. Awesome. This is awesome. I mean, we have had an amazing conversation. Uh, we've passed the hour mark. So this is always a great sign. Um, quickly next week, we have Dan Bennett, who is the chief data officer of S and P global commodity insights. Uh, we'll be talking about the need for more semantics uh, especially in all the database vendors. So that's going to be a fun conversation uh, next week. And also information, we're going to be live, doing a live broadcast of our podcast at DGIQ, the Data Governance and Information Quality Conference in Washington, D.C., live Wednesday, December 7th at 4 p.m. Central. We're doing that live at the conference. Uh, if you're going to be in D.C., let us know. Reach, us, reach out to us uh, because we're going to organize a happy hour after podcast event and stuff. So let us know. And with that, Gabby, Leah, thank you so much. This was an awesome conversation. As always, thanks to Data Our World who lets us do this every week. Um, cheers. Have a great one. And, uh, cheers, Gabby. Cheers. Cheers. Try your beer. Cheers, How's it now? Are you tasting it's more? Good. Mm -hmm.